The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and, began, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. How are you? So, I've got a question for you all, like usual. I would like for you to describe yourself, but you can't say things like, I have blue eyes and brown hair and I have black shoes. Don't describe your physical features. I want you to describe yourself somehow else, anyhow else. But I want you to describe yourself. Okay? So, just shout it out whenever you have it. How would you describe yourself? I like to play sports. Ooh, you like to play sports. Cool. What kind of sports? All the different kinds of sports. Nice. Me too. How else? You're all funny? I think so. I think so. How else? Do any of you like music? Okay. What kind of music do you like? Um, All kinds? Country? Ooh, nice. Any other kinds? Do any of you play music? Yeah, we got some music players in here, yeah. Very cool. Um, what kind of food do you like? Yeah. Spaghetti. Yeah. Chinese. Steak. We should all get together sometime. <laughs> what kind of food do you like? A lot of kinds. Eclectic. How about you? Pizza. Pizza? I'm a big pizza guy myself, yeah. So, 
The reason I'm asking you all these things is because we all have similarities, don't we? And we all have differences, don't we? Do you know why we're all here today? Is it because we know one another so well? Nope. Why are we all here inside this building right now? Yeah. To worship God. Very good. What do we all call ourselves as a sign of our faith? Begins with a C. Yeah. Christians. That's right. At the center of all of our lives, at the center of what we do, at the center of who we are, is Christ, is Jesus. And we are to be just like Jesus would be, no matter how we're alike and no matter how we're different. So even though you like spaghetti and I like pizza, even though I like playing sports and music and some of you might like doing those backwards, even though at one point in my life I really liked math and some of you might not like math at all, no matter how we're the same, no matter how we're different, at the center of our lives is Jesus. And at the first and foremost thing that we are, we are to be how Jesus would be. We are to worship God. That's who we are. So, can everybody look at my nose? Pop quiz. What does Jesus act like? Oh, I know you guys know it. Yeah. His self, okay. Thank you for taking that easy way out. <laughs> yes, Jesus acts like Jesus' own self. What kind of things does Jesus do? Mm-hmm. He heals people. He brings them back from the dead. What else? Is Jesus the type of person to hold a grudge? Not really. So what does Jesus do instead? forgives people, right? Jesus heals people. Jesus forgives people. Jesus brings them back from the dead. Jesus loves people. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus loves everything that we do. That doesn't mean that Jesus loves all the ways that we hurt each other. That means that Jesus loves us even in spite of those things and calls us to be better people, calls us to be like Jesus. So this week, I want you to do, and every week, but this week, I want you to do exactly what Jesus would do all the time. No matter who you are, no matter what you like, no matter what you dislike. Be like Jesus all the time. Is that hard? Sometimes. But try it anyways. Give it your best shot. Just like Peter on the water. All right. Should we pray? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks this morning. We give you thanks for loving us. We give you thanks for teaching us who you are. We give you thanks for all the ways that we're different and all the ways that we're the same. We give you thanks for bringing us all together to worship you this morning. Throughout our weeks, our lives, we ask that we would act like you as much as possible, bringing peace and forgiveness, bringing reconciliation, bringing togetherness, bringing love. And when this is hard, Spur us on to greater things even more. In your name we pray. Amen.
In the name of Jesus, amen. Last week, with the feeding of the 5,000, we had a sermon centered on a question. A question of what if the disciples, when told by Jesus to feed all of these people that were gathered, what if the disciples had said no? What if the disciples had simply said no? And through that sermon, we understood that a lot of times it's easy to convince ourselves that the calling of Christ might be an option, might be a choice in our lives, might be something that on one moment we can say yes to and another moment we can say no to. Sometimes our faith as Christians, our calling as Christians can get categorized into the same way that we choose whether or not to go to the gym and whether or not we choose to eat a salad that day. It's a good choice, but it's not always a choice that we might make. But the text for that day and our calling as Christians tells us no. Our calling is more than that. Our calling is not just good choices, but a life-altering anchor that tells us who we are to be each and every moment of our lives. We are to be like Christ. And so today, we have a continuation of this message. We have a continuation of who we are to be. As Jesus, oh, there he is, as Jesus and Peter get out of the boat, as we saw, and is depicted on our wall, we have this understanding, an everyday understanding of how water works, right? When you walk on, or when you try to walk on water, when you dive into the pool, are you ever worried about not going through? Not unless it's really cold out, right? <laughs> You're never worried about whether or not your feet are going to go through the water. That's simply how water works. You can do a cannonball with full confidence that you're going through the water. And being fisher people, the disciples knew that. At least Peter knew that. Peter knows how water works. People don't naturally stand on water. And yet, when Jesus says, walk on the water, Peter gives it a shot. It's successful for even for a little bit. And then he's not successful, but in all of it, Jesus is there. Asking him to do what he knows, at least he thinks he knows, is impossible. At the center of our faith, is Christ. At the center of our lives is Christ. At the center of who we are, each and every moment of our lives is Christ. It doesn't matter if Christ is calling us to feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. It doesn't matter if Christ is calling us to walk on water. What Christ calls us to do, we do. Not as an option but as disciples. Now, it is my job to always point towards the resurrected Christ in what I do. And unfortunately, we had a nice weekend. And nice, I'm saying sarcastically, in case you are wondering. We had a nice weekend of people throughout our nation not acting like Christ. We had a group of... What some described as white nationalists, 
white supremacist, white centrist, whatever you might have in Virginia, in Charlotte, gathered, some even wearing Christian symbols in order either to claim a cultural heritage at the best moments or to incite violence at the worst moments. But in any case, they were standing squarely in what they believed was morally and centrically correct. There are lots of people in this world and there are lots of different understandings of how the world works. But if we are to be Christian, at the center of our lives and at the center of our faith can be nothing, nothing but Christ. And Christ does not claim specific heritage. Otherwise, salvation would be only for the Jews, not us. Christ does not claim specific race. Otherwise, salvation would only be for the Arabs, not us. Christ does not claim specific privilege. Otherwise, salvation would be only for the godly, not us. Christ does not claim specific identity because of history or orientation or culture. Otherwise, Christ, salvation would be only for the Israelites and not us. Christ claims all. Love for all. Peace for all. Any actions that stand outside that simply may not be described as Christ-like. Now, in case we're worried about only picking on a select few people, I do not claim myself to be a white supremacist, but there are plenty of parts of my life that I struggle to give credence to God. I struggle to grieve, give credence to God with my wealth. I struggle to give credence to God in my mind. I struggle to give credence to God with who I am every moment of the day. Believe it or not, I have moments when all I want to do is just watch Netflix. And while it's okay to rest, it is not okay to waste the opportunities and the privileges that I've been given because I am simply lazy or tired. I must give credence to God in all that I do. Credence to Christ. I am a Christian. That is who God calls me to be. That is who I must be. That is who you are called to be. That is who you must be. in your minds. I want you to think of, because we all have this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In your minds, I want you to think of what is the most difficult thing for you to give credence to Christ over, to give deference to Christ in. What is the most difficult thing for you to honestly say, Christ is more important. Christ is more centered in my life than this. What is it? In your hearts, in your minds, name it. Identify it. Say it clearly. In that, 
in that moment, in that understanding. That is the calling of Jesus to each of his disciples to get out of the boat. Do not sit. Do not sit where you always are comfortably seated. Do not sit where you would rather be instead of where Christ would have you be. Even though you know that you can go through life this way, even though you know that no one is going to try and upset you because of it, even though you know that it might be socially acceptable in your circles and in your cultures to be whatever it is that you're thinking in your head, the first question and the only question is what would Christ have you do? That's the only question. Now, I wouldn't be much of a pastor if I didn't also point to Christ. In this picture, what's happening to Peter? Yep, he's sinking. <laughs> the painter didn't even have time to draw Peter's feet before they went under. In this picture, where's Jesus? He's right there. See, Jesus' back doesn't turn just because Peter failed inside five seconds. And Jesus' back doesn't turn because Peter had very little faith in that moment. And Jesus' back does not turn because Peter will indeed deny him three times at the cross. And Peter's, Jesus' back doesn't turn when he sees Peter again after that cross moment. And Jesus' back does not turn ever from his people. Jesus is always towards us, with us, among us, breaking Jesus' own self for us and shedding Jesus' own blood for us. Jesus is always near. In Lutheran circles, we have a saying, sin boldly. Now, we misunderstand that most of the time. <laughs> It's not sin boldly simply because you can. It's in the pursuit of what Christ would do. Sin boldly. That's what Peter's doing. In the pursuit of what God would have him do, he was bold to get out of the boat and he failed. That is sinning boldly. So, as many times as you must fail in pursuit of what Christ would be, fail. As many times as you must sink in pursuit of what Christ would have you be, sink. As many times as you would be confused and overwhelmed by the forces that surround you because of what Christ is calling you to say and to do and to speak up about, sink. Sink again and again and again. Christ will always be there. Christ will always reach out. Christ will always love you always forgive you. This is our baptismal ritual. We sink and we rise. So good, faithful Christians, sink. Sink in accordance with what God would have you do.
Thanks be to God for a sinking church. Amen.